footsteps of Jesus from down under. This is Nikrita, your host. I'm very happy to be with you again today. And uh, please stay with us today. An amazing story with uh, Aaron Bird. Aaron is uh, with us over the phone from New South Wales. And um, we are uh, about to hear some amazing things which he went through as he walked in the footsteps of Jesus. Hey, Aaron, how are you today? I'm excited to share my testimony. Very good. Now, you are ringing us. Uh, we are over the phone. Uh, you are from New South Wales. Where are you from? Where are you located? Well, I, I say that I'm from Bellingen, but also from Byron Bay, because I just fell in love with Byron Bay when I lived there for about a year. Mm-hmm. Aaron, you are so excited to share your story with Jesus, you know, and before that, uh, would you be able to just um, share with us a bit of your background? Well, I grew up, I was in a very poor family, a Pentecostal family, but we didn't really go to church. My dad, he had a lot of issues. He had arthritis in his shoulders and my constant migraines and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it restricted our family from doing a lot of things because he was always in pain. And mm. But he was a very, very humble man. We sort of, we didn't read the Bible much at all. We were just sort of, you know, all the Pentecostal talk, talk you know, mm-hmm. just stuff that isn't even in the Bible. We had all this chatter in the house, you know, and we just sort of grew up like that. Um, and how how many siblings? Uh, uh, there's, there's four of us kids, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, we sort of grew up in this kind of kind of home. And but there was things going on in the background that I was totally oblivious to. I don't know, like yeah, and there's my life has been so turbulent and so. Mm. Unbelievable! It has to be in the movies for you, for you to believe it. Like mm. the things that have happened in my life. Um, yeah. First of all, you share with me that you you have a medical condition. Uh, can you share with us also a little bit of that? Uh, oh yeah, I'm, I am. Uh, I've got about five percent vision. Yeah, and you you are um, uh, visually impaired, and uh, you have only five percent. Uh, vision in one eye. I'll, I'll get to that. I'll get to that later on. A bit later on. Okay. How old are you? I'm 33. You are 33 old young man. Even though you had from the childhood uh, some sort of exposure to religion and to faith, you came across yourself to know uh, your Lord, to know Jesus as your oh, Savior. Yeah, no. And how that yeah. happened? How that happened? Share with us, please. Well, well, you know, I, I sort of went through life that, you know, there were these Seventh-day Adventists that lived up the road from us. And I said, uh, I said, they, they became friends with my grandparents. And my grandfather, my pa, he, he, this is something I want to say. And every time I preach, I want, I, I aspire to be a preacher. Mm. Um, my, my pa said to me, punch me in the shoulder, not hard, but he said, look, I went to war. So you could say whatever you want to say. And then he punched me again and he said, now say whatever you want to say. And anyway, the, the Seventh-day Adventists became friends with my partner and pa. 
And mum said, oh, yeah, they're seven-day Adventists. And I said, what do they believe? And they said, no, they don't believe in hell and they keep the Sabbath. And Because I, and, I sort of went, started going to church when I was 15 because my dad got diagnosed with cancer. And this guy um, came to Bellingen and was doing all of these Pentecostal falling over and all that stuff, you know, the healings and all this. And I, I went... Dad, Dad, we've got to go. You got cancer. We got to go to church, and I was convincing him, convincing him to go to church. And uh, we ended up going to going to church. And um, and anyway, I, I so I became sort of Pentecostal when I was fifteen. I you know, and sort of did that. And um, anyway, I said to my mum, "What does Seven Day Adventist believe?" And and um, mum said they, they don't believe in hell they keep the Sabbath and I went oh they're still saved <laughs> and um, anyway that was the only thing I knew about Seventh Day Adventist and um, anyway my my dad we went to this Pentecostal meeting he, did, he didn't the cancer didn't go he, he ended up uh, getting really really sick about three months later and dying but I, I opened the Bible I said to God I said God if there's anything I should say to my dad, please, you know, show me. And um, dad opened the Bible and see, it starts getting loud as soon as I start saying this. Mm. But um, it said, pray your flight does not take place in winter or on the Sabbath day. I went, wow, dad might get healed and have to, you know, um, take his flight he might leave until we get persecuted mm. or he might have to keep the sabbath how and i just i just was full of life i was like wow you know i've got something to share with my dad and he had lived a life of just persecution he was such a humble man he was a seventh day adventist before he knew it mm-hmm. and um and actually his sister was a seventh day adventist and I'm sure she would have paid for him to accept the Sabbath, you know, but, you know, she was just sort of not, she was way up in Queensland, top of Queensland. And anyway, I, I went to the hospital and I said, Dad, I prayed to God for something to share with you. And um, I said, Dad, you know, it said, it said, um, pray your flight does not take place in winter or on the Sabbath day. And I said, that means either you're going to live or you have to accept the Sabbath. And um, that was the last time I think I saw him. And these Christians, because he was a Christian in the church, knew him in the Pentecostal church, they, they said um, to me that, because he, he was very pessimistic and very, he, he sort of suffered mentally because he, the sort of upbringing he had was, um, he asked for a bike when he was 10 for, for his birthday and his dad bashed him. Hmm. That was the sort of upbringing he had. His dad would flog him every day. You know, his, his dad was a brilliant man, very intelligent. He built the, the part on the house that connected the house to the uh, power. You know, he's a hard man from war, you know. His dad, he'd say, dad, dad'd say, you know, oh, can I um, build boats with you, dad? And his dad would say, no, you're an idiot, you know. He, he went through a horrible, horrible childhood, so he had sort of mental illness from that. And he was an extremely pessimistic man. Mm. 
and he thought he was going to hell while he was dying and on the last day he was alive he said to these Christians that were seeing him he said I finally found the Lord and he finally had rest mm. because I believe he accepted the Sabbath Amen and um, it was from that scripture that prayer fight does not take place in winter or on the Sabbath day so that, they're my band <laughs> Beautiful man. He was such a soft-hearted man. His name was Ronald, which means we've loved. And he was so abused. I don't know anyone who's been in the abuse mm. anymore. Mm. That's where it started with you also. The interest yeah. about about the the truth of the Bible, is it? Yeah. Well, he, he, you know, he became a Seventh-day Adventist right before he went. And he'll be chirping with us on the new earth, you know. And he went through all of that, but he accepted the Sabbath, you know. I believe he did. You know, he had to have to finally find God before he died, you know. Because, you know, the Sabbath is the hugest part to accept. Because when you accept that, you accept the God of creation. Mm. And that is the only God there is. All right. And uh, for how long you you are a Sabbath keeper now? Me, um... Well, uh, in 2007, I started searching because, um, well, when my dad died, I ended up getting into drugs really heavy. Mm-hmm. Not like heroin or something or ice. None of that. It was. I've never put a needle in my arm. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I got into ecstasy really a lot. Um, about the age of 17, it was just a done thing where I was. We all did it, and, you know, it was quite, you know, it was something we all did. You know, doof parties, rave parties, you know, we all did it. It was just a dumb thing. We just did that and went to parties every month. It started off once a month, and then now I think I've probably done about 200 pills, you know, in my life. Hmm. Haven't done it for a long, long time, but now. And then the devil really, really attacked me. And these voodoo gypsy band uh, that I met the last time in my acid LSD binge voodooed me. Mm. Um, and I ended up blind from it. And I that was in 2007, the 14th of January 2007. And um, I, just, I went from running down to these hippies skipping, you know, oh, people to meet, you know. And um, I was more freaked out than I'd ever in my life. And, um, yeah, I ended up blind, and it was just really horrific. And I started searching because it, it, the stuff they did to me was so evil. It was, I just went, I, I, I was a total atheist, evolutionist, had no idea anything spiritual existed. I went from being a Pentecostal to being total LSD, like, you know, seeing all these Buddhas and Ganeshas in the sky, the elephants with six arms, you know, and thinking that, you know, I had no idea about anything. Mm. <laughs> and it was to finish off our evolution and, you know, all this stuff. And I had taken on everything from the French Revolution without knowing what the French Revolution was. I had no idea about the Bible, but I thought it had been written to control people. 
and I got so heavy into this culture and um, anyway I just met these voodoo gypsies and they, they got me really heavy and I ended up having a psychotic episode heavier than I've you know, I've been through hospitals all uh, a lot, and I've, I've, I think, I don't know if anyone's had as heavy as I did. Um, and then I sort of started searching, and you know, I um, I got given an audio Bible, and I went right, Revelation. <laughs> got the the last disc out of the out of the book and put it in the CD player and started listening to it and I thought <laughs> and, and I started asking went back to the Pentecostal church and my first questions were revelation and at the same time I started worrying about blasphemy of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. and and um, and they go I'd go well I think I've done it because of this you know I think I've blasphemed the Holy Spirit and they'd go no if you think you've done it you haven't done it no and I, I, but they never explained to me how or why. And, and I'm thinking, well, you don't really know. How can you tell me that I haven't done it? You don't really know. I, did, I didn't ever say that, but that was at the back of my mind. You don't really know because you're not telling me how that's, that can happen. That if you think you've done it, you haven't done it. They, they never told me that if you think you've done it, you haven't done it. They never, they never explained that to me, but, but, you know, for 22 months, I got deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper into this bedridden, paranoid state, hmm. into thinking I'd blasphemed the Holy Spirit. And I'd listen to the Bible every day with this, you know, deeply sorrowful condition that I was like, God, I am so sorry, you know. It got to the point where I was just debilitated by this fear mm. that I'd blasphemed the Holy Spirit and I was going to hell. And it, and I was so scared. So my psychosis would go from hell when I started studying with the Adventists and it'd go to the Buddhist hell. Mm. And then it would jump to total destruction, annihilation, you know, like, you know, that I wouldn't exist anymore. And and this was going on for 22 months, bedridden, paranoid. I went to this Pentecostal home group and I was going, God, please just give me a sign that I haven't blasphemed the Holy Spirit. Mm. <laughs> and I'm standing there with a tear in my eye thinking, I'm going to hell, you know. And the lady touched these other two women on the head and they fell over cracking up laughing and I just thought if I have but seen the Holy Spirit God loves me no matter what if I you know in my state that I'm in now you know I thought he wouldn't make them crack up laughing at me that's what I thought mm-hmm. you know I, I actually when I was 15 touched this guy on the cheek and prayed his prayer he fell over the guy behind him fell over and the girl in the end like went into this spasm. And, you know, this is what, what I was doing when I was 15. How does that glorify God? Hmm. I just then said, okay, well, all right, 
So God's not going to get them laughing at me. So I then was willing to study. So, so the seven day minutes passed and got out scripture out of Revelation 13 that the beast, America, the two, the, the, the lamb like beast, even causing fire to come down from heaven in sight of man. And I just said, no way. The Bible prophesied this stuff? Sorry, Aaron, just to interrupt you a little bit there. Uh, it's interesting that um, after you've been exposed to all all these things, you know, in in the church, you find out that uh, you must look into the Bible. You must look yeah, into the Word of God to see what God's plan, what's God's plan for you. And to find that yeah. based on the Bible, not based on any kind of human tradition. Yeah, or, or you, can't, you can't go off whatever you see, whatever you've heard. You've got to go off the scripture. Mm-hmm. And I, I just went, what? The Bible prophesied this stuff. And then I went to the memorial church in Coffs Harbour and Jonathan Peterson was preaching. And this guy helped me out so mm-hmm. much. He is a beautiful man. And anyway, I sort of went, I went to the church and guess what he's preaching on? Revelation 13, the beast from with seven horns and ten, you know, the Catholic Church mm-hmm. and the false revival of Todd Bentley that was happening at that time. And, um, I just went, wow, you know, I'd never heard preaching like this. And it happened right at this time where I'm, where I, where I was like, you know, questioning. And I was so scared of blaspheming the Holy Spirit, you know, mm-hmm. you know, and because, you know, when, when it talked about blessing of the Holy Spirit, Jesus said they'd done it because they attributed what he was doing to Satan. And he said, you know, men will not be forgiven if neither in this age or in the age to come. And I was like, all right, you know, in this 22 month bedridden paranoid state, talking to a Buddhist guy, it was an evolutionist, talking to a, um, a seven day menace, and I was talking to a pen- an Pentecostal. And I'd be bringing them all up, you know, getting contrast ideas, and a Jehovah's Witness I was talking to as well. Mm. And then I and then I just went, wow, I am a... You know, and then we did one study on Daniel chapter 2, Daniel chapter 7, and I just went, I had no idea the Bible was like this. No more paranoia. Mm. I, was, I was free. I, you know, the devil couldn't do anything more to me because I knew... These, just these beautiful gems in the book of Daniel. And I went on this, you know, we and Jonathan, we talked for another year, about a year. We just talked and talked and talked and talked and talked and talked. And I got off medication, like after being 22 months bedridden, paranoid, it healed me. You know, I, I don't know about talking, you know, give, it's just, you know, after 22 months, 23 hours a day bedridden paranoid thinking that my mother had slipped me LSD in my meals asking her an hour later you know after every meal she cooked me did you slip me LSD mum you know after that to being able to go and just have fun with my friends it was it was nice but I shouldn't have done it but but anyway I then God said showed me go to Avondale College and as soon as he showed me that uh, everyone started getting angry at me. Everyone was getting like more angry at me than ever before in my life. My friend's um, wife started hitting on me, and if I'd followed through with that, it would have been all over. 
And I was praying, God, what's going on? You know, far out, I'm being persecuted. You know, God had shown me to go to Avondale College, so I wanted to do a, a theology degree. And I, um, anyway, I eventually made it to Avondale College. My, a girl, uh, who I know, um, she was, she, she made her trip to Australia, saw her, was landing in, back into the country. Like it, I'm being persecuted everywhere I go, and then it opens up that I get a lift to Corumbong on the 22nd of October. Okay. Anyway, I get I get down to I get down to Avondale College on the 22nd of October, and um, I'm meeting all these spiritual guys, and you know I'm getting getting the contact with people who are real spiritual. You know, anyway, I sort of. You know, I had a bag of tobacco, mm-hmm. and God just said, "Don't smoke it." And I, and and he and he sort of showed me my sinfulness about smoking. And I, I sort of looked at the bag. No, I won't smoke it. And I just looked at it. No, I didn't smoke it. You know, and I just had the self control not to smoke it. And he started showing me, you know, don't don't do that. Don't do that. You know, and I met people and. I just sort of was meeting all these people and anyway, I got down and prayed and I just said, God, reveal yourself to me in a powerful way. And then I was sitting there in the in the dining room and this guy put all these preaching on my iPod. But when I came back to being Christian, I, I didn't know if Joe witnesses were true and with Pentecostals were true or whatever was true. Mm-hmm. But I just said to God, as soon as I came back to being a believer, I listened to Revelation, and I just said, God, wherever you want me, wherever you are, get me there. Mm. And I, that was the prayer I prayed. And I just went through hell like the devil pounding me. But anyway... To the people who are listening to this program, what would you say in the next five minutes? Yeah, well, I'd say... You know, don't give up. You know, if if you've been giving and relying on God to give to you, don't give up. You know, He sees everything that you give, and He, you know, it's just He will give back to you. You know, He doesn't. Ellen White says He doesn't just drop it in into the bird's mouth. He doesn't just drop the berries. They've got to look for it. Um, you know. I, you know, and if you're struggling to find righteousness by faith and you've had it before, read the Bible. Go back to the Bible and just read it and 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 dig and dig and dig and dig because the layers of gold are deep beneath the surface. You know, I, I went through a long time of just traveling to Avondale College trying to find it again but I wasn't reading the word mm-hmm. after I backslid and um, you know just read it and read it and read it and read it and read it until you find it again <laughs> that's, 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 that's my best advice every revival starts from reading the word mm-hmm. um, you know and prayer the privilege of prayer read Ellen White because I would not be here without her no way um you know, and, and pray big prayers. You know, you see all this horrible stuff in the world. The Lord, change this. 
you know, this is not right. Change it. You know, mm. get rid of rape. Get rid of murder, Lord. You know, pray big prayers. Mm. Ellen White says, you know, he loves it when we put the highest demands on him. You know, that's in his will. You know, things that are in his will, he mm. answers. Um, you know, and just pray, Lord, show me righteousness by faith. Show me how to get there. Um, you know, I still do the wrong thing. Please show me how to be. Get me to the place where you want me. Mm. And Lord. Time is flying so, so quickly. We just want to recap a couple of things. You are a young man searching for the truth and uh, you were exposed to all sorts of things and confused and most of all you were afraid of dying by upsetting the Holy Spirit, not receiving the Holy Spirit in your life as you were part in one of the uh, Pentecostal uh, church. Thank you very much, Aaron, for um, being with us today. May God bless you and um, looking forward to share yeah, yeah. Some, uh, right. some more stories. Bye-bye.